0: Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. This morning we're going to see or hear, reflect upon, read the Sermon on the Plain, You may know the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. This is the year of Luke. And so in Luke, it's not the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Sermon on the Plain. It's kind of a strange detail to give. Matthew, the Gospel we call Matthew, is very Jewish. And so the law is given on the Mount, very much like Moses. And that's intentionally told that way. But in Luke, it's on the plain. Now, before we read and, and before what we come to today, there is a scene that Precedes it immediately. That is on a mountain. Jesus goes onto the mountain and calls the 12 disciples by name and names them 12. And then they come down the mountain and we come to our scene today. Now, this may seem like a, a small detail to go up on the mountain to name the 12 and then come down. But understand that Jesus comes from a Jewish background, Israel, and long ago there were the patriarchs, Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, who was later renamed Israel. And it's Jacob's 12 sons amongst many children that were named for the tribes of Israel. So Israel was established as the tribes. They are the people. They are God's uh, work in progress for the sake of the world. So when Jesus calls 12 disciples, it's not accidental. He Didn't draw a number out of a hat. He is communicating in a very clear way there is a new Israel being established in a new way being restored and the image of 12 tribes and 12 disciples being put together carries through the New Testament you'll see it pop up the implication is clear and people in the day of Luke's first audience they would have known exactly what the 12 meant and then he offers this teaching when they come back down so establishes new Israel and then teaches the new way And so we're going to cover the first part of that sermon this week, and then the second part next week. And so let's hear the first part from Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26.
1: Jesus came down from the mountain with them and stood on a large area of level ground. A great company of his disciples and a huge crowd of people from all around Judea and Jerusalem and the area around Tyre and Sidon joined him there. They came to hear him and to be healed from their diseases, and those bothered by unclean spirits were healed. The whole crowd wanted to touch him because power was going out from him and he was healing everyone. Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and said, "'Happy are you who are poor because God's kingdom is yours. Happy are you who hunger now because you will be satisfied.'" Happy are you who weep now because you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and condemn your name as evil because of the human one. Rejoice when that happens. Leap for joy because you have a great reward in heaven. Their ancestors did the same things to the prophets, but how terrible for you who are rich because you have already received your comfort. How terrible for you who have plenty now, because you will be hungry. How terrible for you who laugh now, because you will mourn and weep. How terrible for you when all speak well of you. Their ancestors did the same things to the false prophets. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: So if you picture Jesus coming down, healing, and it's almost like it's told as If Jesus is down low and is healing people, is in the midst of being touched and looks up, lifts his eyes and teaches the disciples amidst the work on the level ground and people from beyond just the borders and boundaries of Israel, Gentile, Jew, together, all sensing power. And do you know what happens when you work in this inclusive way as Jesus does? healing everybody. He doesn't check their card. Are are you you from Israel? Do you believe the right things? He just heals everybody. They're all coming and touching him. It's breaking some boundaries and some rules. He's letting everyone come. We know what's going to happen. Because just a couple chapters prior, Jesus goes to his hometown to his people and preaches that this good news, the day of the Lord is coming and it's coming for everybody. And those whom his people least expect. And their response was, they tried to kill him. And eventually, people will. Jesus isn't doing anything new. He's doing it in a new way. The prophets before had always come and called upon Israel to be the light to all the nations, to be the very fulfilling of the promise, to allow God to work, to bless everybody, all people. And since God chose Abraham in that work, that was the the promise then. Through you, I will bless all nations. But we live in an upside down world. And we are told that one day God will bring it all right side up. And that's kind of the the story of scripture is the, the turning and God trying to turn the world back to right side up. The prophets time and time again called the people, their own people out and said, you were living upside down. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. And you've shut your eyes, and you've shut your heart, and you are just marching down the path of destruction, which is exactly what happened multiple times. Time and time again, these prophets, trying to wake them up, give them good news, were persecuted, rejected, ignored, killed. Because no one wants to hear about change. And we are all on that boat. Amen? Especially when you're happy with the way things are. When you're happy with the way things are, why would you want change? If life is moving along, and it's predictable, and it's satisfying, and oftentimes when we have excess, more than we need, plenty of fruits, we don't want to hear that reality needs to change. If people come and challenge our reality, we will dismiss them. If they persist in that challenge, we we will try to discredit them. We'll place shame upon them. We'll ridicule them. If they not only come and keep coming, but other people start to align with their way, oftentimes what happens is we will do anything and everything to shut them down, destroy them even, which is what happened in the gospel story. It's just that's human nature in an upside-down world. The prophets had been stopped before. Jesus is going to be killed, and he's telling the 12, it's going to happen to you. So what will the turning of the world right side up facing this threat, facing this future? But what would it look like when the world could turn right side up? So in the midst of doing Jesus work and ushering in this power and this presence in this new way, he lifts his eyes to the disciples to reveal to them, to reveal to them and teach them the way that's going to change them and flip them right side up and flip their worlds right side up as well. He says this, and this is not an easy message. Jesus probably wouldn't make a good motivational speaker in our time, because if Jesus came and opened with these words, we might not be so excited. He says, it's the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the hated that have blessing and happiness. What he means by that is they're the ones that are going to receive justice. They're the ones that are gonna receive satisfaction. They will be laughing, and they will have joy when the world's turning right side up. Now, the words used here for poor and, and hungry. Understand in Jesus' day, if this, if this was all of the people in Israel, there were the few elite that had a, a lot of money and, and a lot of resources and power and influence. And then there's a whole lot of people in the middle that struggle day by day trying to live and survive. And the reason fasting was such a big part of their religious practice is because the only way to give money is to not eat for the day and buy your food so you can give that money to someone else. It's a big part of the fasting. But then down here is this little group on the other side. They aren't just scratching and clawing to try to eat every day. They are trying to maintain life in any way. They are being dejected and rejected and pushed out. It's one thing from the Super Bowl, I was reading an article that was talking about how Los Angeles cannot hide their homeless problem this weekend. And I thought, why, are they, why would anyone wanna hide the homeless problem? Not fix it, but they wanted to hide it. And, and it makes sense. We like comfortable. We don't wanna see these. In fact, there was a tire, an entire city created in Brazil where they g- gathered up all the homeless around Rio de Janeiro, built a little town for them in the middle of nowhere, and placed all the people there with no electricity. I don't know if you know of this place, but they didn't want to see them. They wanted to get rid of them, and, and Jesus is talking to them, this, these people that society has built to push away. They are given the pronouncement of blessing. That's perplexing, if we're honest. Somehow the, the kingdom coming in The kingdom of God through the new Israel is going to be a blessing for them because those who find no life in the upside down are going to find nothing but life in the right side up. Suddenly, they'll have dignity and value and worth and identity. And they'll be dancing when they even see a little. Their eyes are wide open. That's how I'll say it. Because they're looking and they're waiting and they're watching. They aren't distracted. This is juxtaposed to the upper percentage of people that are benefiting from the system. They're rich, they're they're happy, they're satisfied, they're laughing. Jesus said, when the world turns right side up, it's going to be a real struggle for you. It's going to be a real struggle. Because when you are used to being praised and everything going your way and, and the balance tips, not being praised will feel like rejection not having everything you want will feel like you're starving and and suffering. Their eyes are wide shut because they don't want to see any truth but their own. And we all experience that in different ways. So having eyes open or shut is a way to speak about people's openness to God. If things are going well, rarely are we looking around for change. Rarely are we praying to God and asking God to come and and bring change or, or bring anything, bring power. To us, if things good, things are good. Life is good. How often do you pray for God, desperate for help? Not very much. Just how it goes. But uh, people not wanting to change in that midst, experiencing good life. If change is coming, they will fight it. We we do. They will become, and we become so blinded to our devotion to the way things are that we're going we're gonna to miss the Messiah and our presence as they did. Because we define our well-being by our own terms rather than God's. People on that end of the scale, they love the system in place. It's brought them to where they are. They're going to increase their allegiance and their loyalty to this system until that's the only kingdom they see. And so Jesus says, how terrible for you who are rich, you who are filled, you who are laughing, you're going to be blind to the goodness of God in your midst. But for those people down here, Jesus says, there's blessing. It's blessing for you because you are going to see it. You are ready for it. You're not giving your loyalty to anything else. So your heart is ready for God. You're wide open to what God is going to do. You're going to embrace the change. You're going to give your life for it. You're going to do everything you can to run with it, and you're going to be telling everyone else about it. You're going to be so selfless in the way that you do these things. You're going to experience eternal life right here and now. They hate the system in place. I mean, It does nothing for them. It hurts them. And so happy are those who are poor, who are hungry, who are weeping, who are hated. Not because being those things is a blessing, but because they are those things their eyes are wide open to what God is going to do. They are the new prophets already at work. So where are we in the work of the kingdom? This really hard message, this heavy, you know, anything but energetic and inspiring message on a Sunday morning. Where is our work in the kingdom? Are we disciples turning the world right side up? Or are we supporting efforts to keep the world the way it is? And some good questions for us to sit with. And I I warn you before taking these questions on, if you just focus on these questions all the time, it's going to burden you and it's going to lead to paralysis again because you just feel totally overwhelmed. That's not the point. Jesus isn't saying to the disciples, and not saying to us, change everything now. It's look around, have open eyes, and let me lead you. So here are some questions you can sit with this week, and I invite you to do so. When you think about where are you, Am I flipping it up? Am I fighting for it to stay the same? We know what we want to say, what we want the answer to be. But to identify the actual answer, ask to whom and what do you give your allegiance? And you may have to make a list, there might be a few. To whom and what do you invest your energy? That will will tell you more than your list. To whom and what do you invest your time? To whom and what do you invest your money? To whom and what do you give power to affect your emotions? What makes you angry? What makes you excited? And then some more questions. Looking around at the world, trying to see where the kingdom is at work, what kind of work in the world makes you weep? Weep because it's addressing a dreadful situation. Weep because how could could that be what people are investing their time in? What kind of work in the world makes you hungry for more? What kind of work in the world do you see happening and affecting those on the farthest edges of society? What kind of work in the world does the rest of society look at and despise, reject, insult, and condemn? Because Jesus said, the world's going to praise the false prophets, and it's going to It's going to despise, reject, and insult, and condemn the true prophets. We need to prayerfully sit with these questions. We're the church. We are the new Israel. We follow in the footsteps of the 12. And we are here to be a part of what God wants to accomplish through us, the body of Christ, where power and healing and restoration and wholeness can come. When you start to answer these questions, we're going to struggle, all of us, me too. I didn't even like writing the questions. Because I knew as I wrote them, I was going to have to sit with them now. And I don't want to sit with these questions because I'm afraid of what the answers might be. But that's going to teach us. Where's that fear come from? What is my allegiance? Where do I resist the question? Where do I reinterpret it to make it more comfortable? Perhaps my eyes are not wide open yet. Perhaps yours aren't either. Perhaps we're still living upside down. And spoiler, we all are. We all are. We haven't reached perfection. We will, but we haven't yet. There is more to see and more to learn and more to be made right. If you feel inclined to say, no, 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 Pastor, I'm living right side up, then consider how satisfied, happy, accepted are you in your world? Or if, you, if you're thinking about, are my eyes wide open or shut or maybe one or the other, if you feel inclined to say, I'm really struggling with this. I struggle because this system that works against people and denies them dignity and comfort and acceptance and joy, it doesn't really affect me. And I've, it's a lot of work to fight it, to offer something new. And frankly, I'm tired. I, I know it needs to be done, but I'm just struggling. It might be you. Or maybe you're someone who's saying, I'm denied dignity. I'm denied comfort. I am denied acceptance and joy. And if you're one of those people, chances are you're going to see and recognize the work of God before the rest of us because you have your eyes wide open. What will the work of the disciples and us, the new Israel, look like in our world today? We're going to dive into that next week. But for now, let me leave you with this. And know this, you are part of the new Israel the new 12, disciples of Jesus Christ, when we experience the grace of God in our hearts and lives, and, and when we completely devote ourselves, and when we do that and symbolically do that in baptism, our past is clean, our future is secure, and we're able to simply be in the present to face the world in front of us today. Not the whole world, our world. And when we Make a conscious effort daily, prayerfully, humbly to follow today where I'm being led to see the healing, to see the wholeness, to see the restoration and to participate in it. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes and you will see things that will floor you and make you dance with joy. But I warn you, having your eyes open is painful. It's disheartening at times. It's infuriating because in our wider world, we, we live near the top of the ladder. We're in the greatest, most powerful country on the planet. Of course, we're near that end. And there's nothing wrong with being a part of that country. But the kingdom is going to challenge our perception as the world is right side up. Seeing the kingdom of God in our midst will awaken us to joys we didn't know we could experience. It will reveal things to us we didn't know we wanted to see. Seeing the right-side-up movement of the kingdom of God in and through us will bring us hunger. It will bring us weeping. It will bring us hate. There will be rejection. There will be insults. There will be condemnation, but also a life of joy walking in the footsteps of the prophets, walking in the footsteps of Christ our Savior, we will experience the healing and the wholeness and the restoration in our lives, and through us, the world will as well. It's quite the journey. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.